Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries. It's Sunday, and in this episode of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about a little bit about the Session Zero for our upcoming CSI Midlands game. We did the Session Zero yesterday. Before we get to that, though, I've just got a couple of voicemail messages that I'm going to answer. Thanks for sending those in. The first one is from Dave Aldridge, so take it away, Dave. Hey, John. Loving the random table slot. Let's have it regular, please. Love me random tables. Yep. Elegant creature generator. Really good thing. Uh, One thing. I'm going to drop that monster into my next game. What are you calling it? It's a wonderfully evocative thing that you've produced there. Can you give it a name, please? And I will drop it in. It's your creature. You came up with it. I don't want to name it myself. Give us a nice evocative name and I'll use it. Cheers, John. Thanks very much, Dave. Glad you're enjoying the sort of random slots and the generators that we're doing. I'm certainly hoping to do them on a more regular basis. Probably aiming to put out a random chart sort of every Thursday. Now, I'm not always going to make it, but... You know, I'm trying to give myself a bit of a schedule to sort of keep to to give myself a bit more of a structure, but there should be plenty more of those coming out. I'm glad you like the sample creature that I did with the elegant, the elegant, if I can put my teeth in, elegant creature creator. Now, I know I sent you a a sort of private message, which I hope you got because my phone was acting up to sort of like chat about this, but I've been thinking about it a little bit more since then. And I think sort of channeling my old sort of like World of Darkness vibes, I'm going to call the creature the Stalker of the Bitter Lament. It seems appropriate for this creature that's been brought into an urban world, summoned, and then been abandoned by its creator, and it now tries to spread the misery that it itself feels by preying on people in the mortal world. So I hope that answers your question, Dave. Thanks very much for the call-in. Now we have another one from Arfed. Take it away. Hi, Arfed here. Just calling in to say I uh, really like the idea of your random monster generator. So I think that is one that I can actually download, have a look at, and I think I might actually try and use that. Maybe to just adapt some existing monsters or just give me some inspiration for some new monsters that I'm going to be using in my upcoming campaign. Um, just want to wish you good luck with your new campaign and uh, yeah, keep up the good work. Bye. Thanks very much, Arfed. Glad you enjoyed the random monster creator bits that I put out. And I hope you find the elegant creature creator useful in your game. As I said when I was talking about it, it's a system neutral resource. So it doesn't really give you any stats or anything. It just gives you the sort of the broad strokes of the creature that you've created and some aesthetic characteristics, etc. And it leaves you to fill in the stats. Although it does maybe suggest like a couple of powers, like the sample one I rolled, it suggested that it could become invisible at will. But I think pretty much any GM could just take a set of monster stats that were vaguely applicable. So I think if I was doing mine where I've described it as like this huge hound creature, I could easily take like a wolf or a dire wolf stats and just adapt them slightly to fit the description and quite easily use those. So I think as you were saying, it's almost as good a tool for just reskinning monsters as it is creating entirely new ones. I hope you give it a, a look, Arfed, and you get some good use out of it in your game. Thanks for the kind words about uh, my upcoming campaign. 
the session zero, as I'll be talking about in a minute, was really positive, and I'm really looking forward to getting into it and can't wait to start running the game next week. Since the uh, the schedule, which is going to be bi-weekly normally, is a bit sort of thrown out of whack this month because there's various things going on. But on the upside, it does mean I've only got a week to wait until like the actual first session. We've got some cool ideas, which I'm going to be talking about in a bit. I really can't wait to get into that. Thanks very much for your call, Arfed and catch you soon. Take care. Okay, so the main point of this episode is I'm going to be talking about our Session Zero for our CSI Midlands game that took place the other day. We had a group of four player characters. Unfortunately, a couple of people had to drop out, but a certain amount of attrition is always to be expected. You know, real life and stuff like that getting in the way of our role-playing games. Some you real life. I always try and have a one or two more players than I think is strictly necessary for the game because, like I say, there's normally a little bit of player attrition before you actually get to the game. And if you've got sort of six, seven people and a few of them drop out, you've still got four people. It's still a good size adventuring party. You can still crack on with the game. No harm, no foul. Now, I'm planning to eventually put up the video of us doing our session zero obviously i'm going to edit it down a little bit because some areas got a little bit rambling a little bit long i had hoped to stream it on twitch but there were some technical issues which meant that that didn't happen and rather than spend ages faffing around trying to sort that out i just decided to record it locally and i'll edit it later since i've not had the time to do that i thought i'd chat a bit about it in the podcast so i had johannes colin aka spike pit rob fitzpatrick and ENF White, who are our players. Now, we'd already chatted a little bit about on sort of social media and like a Facebook group I'd made for it about the concept for the game, and that was where the whole sort of CSI Middlelands concept came from. After sort of hashing out the fact that we were going to set this campaign almost entirely in Great London, which is the forthcoming book in the Middlelands series from Monkey Blood Design, written by Glyn Seal, with input from a load of other writers, including myself, on some of the extra bits. So I'm really enthusiastic to run that. I've had a look at a writer's copy of that, and it's a really interesting and cool book. So I really can't wait to use that. Effectively, uh, Great London is this huge sort of faux medieval, slightly fantasy green-tinged version of the city of London in medieval England, or the Havenlands, as it's known within the Midlands. And it's really only the only sort of big metropolis in the game. And we, since we'd run a couple of other campaigns set in the Midlands in various parts, I really fancied the idea of an urban game to sort of contrast a bit with that. So rather than like wandering around from village to village, we'll have a city where there's a sort of stable base of NPCs. There'll be familiar faces. There'll be a lot more interaction and stuff like that going on. Although there will still be dungeons, we've talked about potentially also using things like the Gardens of Yin, a great little product that um, Spike Pit recommended to me, uh, as sort of like pocket realms in a Neverwhere style, so that we can have a bit of variety but still ostensibly have the whole campaign take place in Great London. So we started off with our players chatting a bit about their characters. We went through pretty much step by step the character creation that guidelines that are listed in the castles and crusades players guide this will be familiar to anyone who's played like 3.5 or pretty much any version of D&D. you roll your stats you know your strength con decks etc 
you roll 3d6 for each score and then you allocate them as you see fit in castles and crusades so we i sort of gave the players a little bit of advice on what the sort of classes were good at like what their things were told them to keep that in mind whilst they were deciding where to assign their scores and we ended up with johannes choosing to go for an assassin which is a bit sort of roguey, but also crossed with like a, a hitman. They have like a, a special attack where if they study an opponent, they can do effectively this death strike where after you've studied them, as long as you're hidden, the, the person you attack, if you damage them and you're successful, they have to make a save. And if they fail, they drop dead instantly like that, which obviously sounds like a really ridiculously powerful ability. But if you think about it, the assassin has to like study them for several minutes they have to make sure the situation hasn't changed. They have to remain hidden and concealed from them. And then the subject still gets a save against it, assuming they hit. So in reality, I don't really think it's that powerful. It's just a nice flavorable way of representing the fact that assassins aren't your normal striding with a broadsword and lay about you sort of warriors. They pick their target, they study them, they look for a weakness, and then they strike when it would do the most damage. Colin decided to go for a roguish type character that he dubbed Fat Michael, aka Big Mick, who seems to be this sort of weird sort of spiv, almost like Del Boy, sort of Derek Trotter style character who grew up in the Slaughter Ward, if I remember correctly. His family sort of have a butcher's business there his dad known as frank the butcher is a bit of a sort of criminal figure slash celebrity as well as being actually a legitimate butcher whilst his mother is this sort of almost like holier than now sort of very good whiter than white sort of person who somehow has fallen for the the charms of frank the butcher he also has a younger sister, and we only, as we were talking about sort of having links between the characters, because we'd all we'd all decided that it would be nice to have a regular sort of villain of the piece, a sort of a long-term enemy rather than just like a series of like mooks that popped up. And we decided after some discussion that perhaps some sort of shady cult or sort of evil organization perhaps even with designs on the throne will be lurking in the background and that would give us a nice variety of different encounters we could have so obviously at low level you'd be running into their flunkies and stuff like that and as they got higher they could start unraveling the actual conspiracy itself so we were looking for ways to like link the players into that and how they'd come together to oppose this cult Johannes had decided with his assassin, who he's called Jackdaw, that his assassin was suffering from almost like a strange like bout of slight amnesia, where like his background was all haze and he couldn't really remember it. His most vivid memory is of wake some sort of strange ceremony taking place over him and then waking up washed up on the bank of a river and it was implied that perhaps he had been a victim or attempted victim of this evil cult in one of their nefarious ceremonies we linked that in with colin's character because he described his sister his younger sister having had some sort of a prophetic abilities or something along those lines and after we'd all been discussing it we decided that perhaps his sister after having had some strange sort of vision had dragged her brother Big Mick along to this riverbank and then encountered uh, Jackdaw lying seemingly dead on the riverbank and as as Mick's sister Penny had reached out and touched the fallen assassin's forehead that's when he'd done his <coughs> and woken up 
So Big Mick is a little bit unsure because he's not sure whether his sister has actually brought this person back to life. And if she has, does that mean she's a witch? Is she going to run afoul of the witch hunters? What is he going to do? And he wants to protect his sister whilst also trying to help Jackdaw find out what's going on with him. We also have Rob Fitzpatrick's character, Friar Dunstan, who is a follower of the gods who grew up in the religious ward of Bishopsgate. Now, the way Rob described this, his character is not a knight in shining armour. He's sort of like Friar Tuck, you know, sort of like a bit of an outlaw, doing what he thinks is right for the common man. Very warm-hearted, but he, he's obviously seen through some of the lies that the sort of typical hierarchy of the time tell, and he realises that it's all designed to keep the sort of lower echelons in their place while exalting the the nobles above them and just maintaining the status quo now we we had him linked in to ian's character uh, lieutenant richard uffington who was the youngest son of a noble family who was a bit of an embarrassment to his family so they bought him a lieutenant's commission and sent him off to fight he was invalided out of the army fairly recently when he was quite badly injured and burned and as he was being nursed back to health he'd fallen in love with the nurse the nurse had contacted the character to say that she'd arranged a a clandestine marriage for the two of them contacting a local friar that she knew which was rob's character friar dunstan but when it came to the actual evening of the wedding she never turned up leaving both the the friar slightly confused and richard feeling that he'd been jilted on the altar however when he went to try and find out what had happened to her and he spoke to people who knew her no one claimed to have any knowledge of this woman whatsoever indeed claiming to, to the point where Richard even started to doubt had he actually seen this woman it was only due to the fact that Fry Dunstan obviously knew that she had existed because she'd arranged the clandestine wedding with him that he was sure something untoward was going on and that was what led the two of them to trying to track down this woman these disparate threads and events had brought these four together along with the rumours in Great London that people among the poorer district uh, cripple ward bar ward etc had started to disappear now since these were people of no consequence mostly lowly beggars street urchins etc the peakers the city guard of greater london were really giving it no thought or spending any time on it whatsoever but it rankled friar dunstan's sensibilities since he'd been spending years ministering to the common people attempting to help them and attempting to make their lot a little bit less a little bit better in life well as much as he could from his position so we have those threads drawing people together, potentially this evil sort of cult, this organisation lurking in the background, perhaps snatching people off the street, maybe using them in strange ceremonies, perhaps Jackdaw was part of one of those ceremonies. So we've got a good a good sort of idea going for that, and as we say, we, we discussed a few other things. We also decided, well, it'd be nice to have a... A sort of pressure valve you know something going on in the background immediately that had people on edge so it wasn't just a case of we're in the city everything's calm everything's lovely now we're investigating an evil cult just something to sort of ramp up the pressure a little bit so we decided on the idea that there was a 
a sort of non-cult related situation that was occurring at the minute and after discussing it we decided to settle on the fact that there's recently been a disease outbreak in great london shades of the black death etc that we can draw on in history perhaps the water's tainted maybe there's a water shortage perhaps it's unseasonably warm who knows but obviously people are looking for someone or something to blame and the blame we decided has fallen on witches and sorcerers etc magic users in general obviously the witch hunters are in favor of that and they're stoking the flames of the pyres dragging probably loads of innocent people into the flames it also adds pressure to big mick because he's just starting to worry about his sister when all this cracks off and he's obviously trying to keep a lid on her talents while he tries to work out whether she is a witch or what's going on so it just adds another element to the background of the game so looking forward to that and let's face it if there's any more image that's more medieval than a plague doctor with that huge beaked mask and a leather suitcase stalking the streets i don't know what it is so I think that's a really cool addition to it we seem we've pretty much got all the the player characters sorted out and i'm looking forward to actually getting involved in the game the cnc system seems fairly easy to create characters in we've all played DD in some regard or another in the future so it didn't really take us long to do that and most of the session zero was just taken up with us chatting establishing these links between the characters talking about how potentially i'm going to adapt the stars without number uh, faction rules to represent the various major factions in the game and so every three or four turns i'll do a a faction turn between games to sort of work out like which factions are conflicting with others which are manipulating others etc and that'll enable me to know what's going on in the background and keep more of a track of this sort of ever shifting tapestry of factions and just generally make the city of great london seem like a real living place rather than somewhere that's in suspended animation until the player characters react with it so as i say that's just a quick discussion of what happened in our session zero i'm really looking forward to starting the game proper next friday can't wait for that hopefully i'll be able to get it the streaming sorted out by then and get the actual plays put up if not i'll record them locally and edit them afterwards so thank you for listening to this ramble if you've got any suggestions for things you'd like to see in future episodes or you just want to call in make comments etc you can either email me at reddicediaries at gmail.com or you can get on the anchor app and leave me a voicemail message i really do enjoy listening to those and you might get them played and responded to in a future episode so thank you very much for listening take care and whatever you're playing in the future have fun i'll see you soon